piano in silence? Okay. Sure. Starting now. That's not silence, that's, <laughs> that's chair moving. <laughs> Welcome to I Have Some Notes, Side Notes Edition. This is the part of the podcast feed where we don't talk about one singular movie. We talk about multiple little movies in shorter spaces of time. My name is Colin McIntyre. My name is Greg Beaver. We're recording this on a foggy, foggy day uh, here in Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, the The next uh, full episode of, uh, of I Have Some Notes, we'll be reviewing Suicide Squad, <laughs> the air quotes movie... <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, spoiler alert: Colin did not like this movie. Yeah, a fair warning to uh, potential DC fans listening to the show. You, I'm not sure how much you're going to appreciate the next episode. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that conversation turns out. Uh, we want to hear what you guys think. Uh, let us know what you think uh, of Suicide Squad. You can uh, leave some comments on. Uh, our Facebook page, uh, I have some notes on Facebook, also on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, please, uh, defend this movie. I've already got I've got some comments, uh, and we're hoping to get some other viewpoints. Sure, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, I always yeah. like to hear new perspectives on things, <laughs> even when yes. they're wrong. Even <laughs> all, all views are welcome here in the I Have Some Notes uh, little universe. But first, uh, we're going to talk about a couple of things here today, including... Uh, I want to talk about Oliver Stone's The Untold History of the United States. I mean, for Hardcore Henry. Uh, Leo DiCaprio's uh, Before the Flood. The uh, not, doesn't quite hold up super romance love, actually. Uh, I also want to talk about a couple trailers in uh, the new Logan trailer and a trailer from a new movie called Colossal. Uh, I've got Rogue One and Bad Girls, which isn't as dirty as it sounds. It's a Western. It's a mid-90s Western. And uh, a couple more things on my list. Uh, Dirk Gently, Holistic uh, Detective Agency, Netflix TV show. A book called Treconomics. And finally, Greg, I want to talk to you about watching your favorite movies with the color turned off. Yeah, so you want to go ahead uh, with, uh, with your picks here? Sure. Um, I watched, uh, first of all, the, uh, the, the Untold History of the United States. It's Oliver Stone's documentary series. You can find it on, uh, on Netflix. And boy... What a watch, and what a time to watch it, because oh, yeah? uh, it really details, um, you know, uh, sort of the U.S.'s history of uh, warmongering and war profiteering, um, studying the underbelly of what goes on in the, uh, the presidential office, and what has gone on, rather, throughout history uh, mm -hmm. in the, uh, since the uh, Second World War. Mm -hmm. And uh, it really left me... Feeling a little hopeless, um, you know. Well, that's good. Uh, it's you know, we, given who's president now uh, mm -hmm. and and the power that he wields, and 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 sort of learning how previous presidents have have wielded the same power to many innocent people's, uh, you know, uh, demise. I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, it, you know, it was really a fascinating look. I, I would caution that. It is Oliver Stone, and he has um, he has certain. You can kind of take some of it with a grain of salt because of, uh, you know he kind of he, he he's into the conspiracy theory of uh, JFK's death. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, you kind of have to sort of weigh that against uh, 
all the uh, other facts that are being thrown at you. Um, he does make a sort of like a case for it that, you know, three... Uh, three people within a very short period of time, JFK, uh, Robert Kennedy, and Martin Luther King, all were murdered by, you know, so-called lone wolves, mm-hmm. lone crazy wolves. And it does, th- you start to think, like, th- you know, it does feel a little suspicious. That there are, uh, there are larger forces out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that, I'm, uh, not that I'm necessarily giving in to such conspiracy theories, but, you know... You never know. See, the, see, what you need to do, Greg, is you need to subscribe to all conspiracy theories, and then your your life is so much more magical just because you you see, you see things on in a different plane of existence. Everybody. Else. Yeah, I actually, you know, I I, I remember watching. Um, have you seen the documentary Loose Change? I've not. This is the uh, conspiracy theory about nine eleven. Okay. Uh, you know, detailing uh, the fact that it was supposedly inside, job, inside or, job by yeah, the Bush yeah. administration. Uh, and and when I first watched that documentary, and mind you, keep in mind, I was much younger, much more naive. I was, I was like, holy shit, I can't believe this. Yeah. I can't believe that a government would do this to their own people kind of thing. Yeah. And, and then I, I, I started to read some of the debunking of this documentary. A lot of people had written a lot about Loose yeah. Change. And there was even a website that went into immense detail to debunk uh, loose change, which which I actually found even more fascinating than the oh, conspiracy yeah, yeah. theory itself, because you start to understand and learn how conspiracy theories work, how they sort of target um, people's reactions at the time, which are yeah. typically not accurate. For instance, in uh, when the two towers were falling, there were a lot of quotes of people saying that they felt like they heard bombs go off. Yeah. Well, if you're in a building that's collapsing, I'm sure a lot of things yeah. sound like I was, bombs. I would say, right? yeah, exactly. You know, uh, so, yeah, it's just like, it, it was. it's a fascinating thing to, to understand uh, the conspiracy mentality, where it comes from, and, and mm-hmm. why it manifests. Yeah. No, interesting. Yeah, I, I think with, you know, I think with yeah, we 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 get to go we get to jump from something as 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 as, as heavy as uh, <laughs> as the the history of the United States to hardcore Henry. Yeah, uh, this is a um, so this is a movie. I was actually I was really looking forward to this movie. So this, if you're not familiar with it, hardcore Henry is is a it's an action movie. I believe it's on Netflix now. Uh, it's it's been directed by uh, a Russian man by Ilya Neshuler, who is who by night is directing action movies, by day is just in a in a, in a Russian you know heavy metal band. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting about Hardcore Henry is it's it's an action movie uh, where you know its premise is you know pretty pretty plain uh, action movie premise of kind of robot cyborg killing machine who used to be a man who's now a little bit robot has to go save save the girls save the world that sort of thing but it's uh, filmed entirely in the first person yeah so you never actually see so it's so you know so it's like if you like first person shooters and first person video games this is a movie filmed entirely in the first person and this actually came from the same guy who in his band he'd actually directed a couple of videos in this style right yeah and then actually expanded this into into a full movie uh Charto Copley is in it who's a, who's amazing cuz he actually plays this <laughs> Just whole parade of characters. So uh, it was. You know, I love Charlton Copley. I I wish he was in uh, better things. He seems like he he sort yeah. of misfires on some of the projects he chooses, but he's great. Oh yeah, and then like he like he makes this he like other it this the, the movie is is you know it's it's kind of flat. The plot's kind of boring. 
for for the really uniqueness of the storytelling, there's really not many like super memorable scenes other than the uh, the the motorcycle chasing the van scene on the highway, which is amazing. If you watch watch nothing else, just watch that. Um, but yeah, he's yeah he's kind of all. It's not like he's wasted in it, but it's kind of like he's he's by far just the beacon of shining light. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's you know we live in an era, obviously of of you know if for movies. Where it's it's a lot of, it's everything is lots of comic books it's a lot of remakes it's a lot of sequels um, and I know we've talked about this a little bit about you know the need to see kind of you, you, new unique things and to see how well they're received in this yeah. in the box office yeah. this wasn't it didn't do very well at the box office it didn't have a big budget but it yeah. didn't have a, didn't very well but it was still neat to see something different yeah yeah I've heard it called the best video game movie ever made. I to a degree. I think you could make. You could. I, I would say London is falling is actually pretty close. to Oh, that. you know what? Uh, <laughs> speaking of London's falling, I tried watching that yesterday, and I did not finish it. Yeah, I know it's awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the next thing on your list? Uh, well, continuing my trend of depressing documentaries, I watched uh, Leonardo or uh, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio's Before the Flood, which is his documentary. About uh, global warming, which is always a, a, a uplifting hey, topic. Right? Yeah, yeah, everything's yeah. going so well. We're we're almost we're almost done with global warming. Yeah, just <laughs> um, the, the, this documentary is uh, I don't know. I kind of have two minds of it. Um, one, the documentary sort of follows Leonardo around, and it's sort of um, basically the telling the story of global warming through. His own eyes, okay. personally, and I'm not sure that I appreciated it uh, on that level. It just like I don't know. I, I guess I wanted something more. Um, I wanted my lens, you know, more broad, like a okay. wider angle of view. I guess not on, just, the, on not the topic. Just Le- not, not just Leonardo. Di- Leonardo DiCaprio presents global warming. That's of. right. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, it, like I uh, like it's. It, you know, it's it's sort of a narrative device, and that's fine. It's just, it, it, I just wasn't super into it. Um, he, uh, the movie uh, itself has, you know, some really interesting, most of it is like sort of like a review of stuff I already know about global warming, so I didn't really get a ton of new information. There were a couple uh, things like um, the uh, deforestation that's happening in uh, uh, Southeast Asia with palm oil. Um, that was sort of like incredible for me to learn, um, mm-hmm. but uh, overall, it's it, you know it hits most of the same beats that uh, that most of these documentaries do, which is to scare the shit out of you, yeah, and then try to leave you with uh, an up- uplifting message. And I do agree with Leonardo DiCaprio's message on global warming, which is basically like this is not an in- individual problem, and nor can it be solved. Individually, Leonardo DiCaprio gets a lot of crap because he's a celebrity and he's going around touting, you know, talking about global warming and trying to get people to reduce their carbon footprint. Meanwhile, yeah. he's on private jets and yeah, all live, these live kinds live of things. Yeah, exactly. Right? Uh, yeah. Which I mean, like, you know, if you're if you're someone who's trying to go from place to place, uh, trying to spread your message, I mean, I'm sure a private jet is pretty useful. He he fully acknowledges that, like. You know, he's his carbon footprint is is way too big. He he tries to offset it, you know, through charitable means, mm-hmm. which I think is is fine. Like I, I feel like most um, celebrities who have that cause at least make that attempt. Yeah, and you know, Al Gore was sort of vilified for that as well. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, he has a he has a private jet, and you know, he's got a 
you know, if he, if he, you know, drove everywhere in an electric car, he wouldn't be able to spread his his message as well. Yes, yeah. you know, and uh, I don't know that that angle of it is sort of frustrating to me. But you know, it, it's it's something that has you know can't be solved on an individual level. We have to you know we have to you know look to industry, and we also need to uh, look at things like carbon taxes. Uh, need to be able to incentivize people to uh, you know reduce their carbon emissions and putting a price on things is definitely a way to do that mm-hmm. so you know the the message is is strong i feel that like overall if, you know the documentary is just sort of um, middle of the road for me yeah no well, fair enough uh in non-documentaries i watched love actually oh yeah the uh so this is the uh, christmas time this was your christmas theme <laughs> romantic comedy from 2003 um I think it was one of the first movies that had, like, the super ensemble cast, and it has, like, it has a pretty, pretty stat cast. It's got Hugh Grant, Liam Neeson, uh, Colin Firth, Laura Linney, Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman, Keira Knightley, uh, Martine McCulchin, Rowan Atkinson's in it, Rowan Atkinson is in it. Right. Yeah, this kind of spawned, like, a whole cottage industry of, yeah, of these, uh, these similar these, types of, yeah. Uh, yeah, loaded cast, terrible, holiday-themed movies. Yeah, right? so, so here's, what's, here's, here's what I learned, is, so here's, here's the backstory of this. So my wife loved this movie. Yeah, you notice that you use the word "loved," and then <laughs> that would be past. And then, and then, so we should, like, I really want to watch this movie for Christmas. We watch a bunch of Christmas movies, uh, and uh, and I'm like, oh, I, there was this article I saw online about like what's wrong with Love Actually, uh, but I didn't I didn't read it. But I said like I don't want to. I haven't seen the movie, so you can read it. But I don't. So she read it, and when I watched the movie, apparently I actually I learned from watching it with the same thing at the what what uh, what the article said. So. So this movie is about all these people, you know, finding love around the holidays. However, what actually happens in the movie is that all the male characters end up with a very young or youngish looking uh, partner. Mm-hmm. The women all end up all wind up in heartbreak. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like so so and and two and two of them like Colin Firth and Hugh Grant actually end up with a woman who's actually. They were introduced. They're kind of like a, in, in a, like servant roles, which was kind of creepy. So Colin Firth ends up with his like with his very young, attractive uh, uh, a housekeeper. Uh, Hugh Grant, who's the Prime Minister of England, ends up with one of his of uh, uh, you know very uh, you know, very attractive, beautiful uh, like person who works at Twenty Four Sussex. What, what's the one in England? I can't remember. Yeah. Twenty four Sussex, yeah, that's us. Twenty four Sussex is Canadian, so he's not the prime minister of Canada. Yeah, but whereas like Laura Linney, you know, is it twenty one B Baker Street? Yeah, might be. Sure, <laughs> I thought that was the same thing. Yeah, and yeah, like in Port, like or Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman have this thing where, uh, you know, they're married. Alan Rickman kind of starts making these little advances towards this young secretary who's like basically throwing herself at throwing herself at him, mm-hmm. and. So their thing isn't really happy. So it was just just really weird movie. And there was even a part where they have this one one character. Uh, I don't I don't I can't remember his name here, but he's this British guy, and he's like, "Oh, I'm too sophisticated. You know, you know, I can't get a date in England because I'm too. You know, I need to go to America. And in America, I'll be I'll be I'll just I'll be just have women throwing themselves at me and stuff <laughs> like that. And you know, a little delusional. Well, he goes to the states and he goes to this bar in Wisconsin. And I actually thought this was a dream sequence. I thought this was like just like a, a you know just like oh this must be just a Maple Leaf dream sequence. But no, and he goes to a bar, and sure enough, uh, all these women just start throwing himself themselves at him, and he goes home with like three women, and I'm like what is happening here? So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, two thousand three. 
doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really treat the, you know, the, it's, 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 a, it's cute if you, it's cute if you like the romance, but it's like, I felt, felt bad for the women characters because the women characters don't really win here. Like, uh, they just kind of, the, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, the guys win, the women not so much. Right. But, uh, yeah, but I guess one of those things, it's not, you know, I feel like it's not that old, but I guess it's, you know, over 13 years old now. Right, And yeah. it doesn't really hold up on yeah, um, I've seen this movie. I don't remember much about it. I know that Rick Grimes is in it. Yeah, right. And I think that may be all I remember about it. Yeah, and all I can really picture is just like Rick Grimes in his uh, his cop outfit showing up at someone's door. Doesn't he do like a cue card thing or something? Is that him? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Okay, I yeah. remember that bit, but that's literally about the only thing yeah. I remember. With. So yeah, so I guess it, so I guess it has to have like that that you know that pertinent like pop culture kind of yeah that moment right so sure yeah it's got some touchstones in it yeah I speaking of things that uh, rewatching and and having sort of a bad experience uh, I rewatched re Thor recently oh the first one yeah yeah and it was one of those things where I was just like I was basically trying to put on something to make me go to sleep yeah uh, but I couldn't I was trying to have a nap and I put on Thor and then I ended up just watching it. And uh, that movie doesn't hold up particularly well. I think I remember liking it way more when I saw really? it in theater than I and then I watched it this time and I was like, eh, this isn't very good. Really? Yeah. Partly because um, a lot of the stuff that happens on Earth in, in Thor is quite underdeveloped. Then the relationship between um, uh, what's her name, Natalie Portman and, and Chris Hemsworth, yeah. isn't very strong, and it's just like, it's one of those romance stories that's basically like, well, they met, so yeah, they, they must be in love. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. I remember, I, I haven't seen Thor in a long time. I've only seen Dark World once, and I kind of feel like both of them I think I need to rewatch. But I do remember Thor being sort of... Um, I think I actually out of out of I actually kind of liked it more than some of the other Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I have to I have to uh, give it a give it a rewatch. I think one the one thing that sort of helps Thor out a little bit is you know obviously Tom Tom Hiddleston is great uh, and Kat Denning Kat, is yeah. really uh, charming in it and yeah. and she's charming in both movies and I think she gets a bigger role in the second one which yeah she does. I know a lot of people don't like Dark World but I I remember like liking it in the theater. Maybe it'll be different now, but I yeah. I do I did like I did appreciate Kat Denning a lot in those yeah. movies. For sure, for sure. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure we both saw Rogue One. I'm correct. I'm sure you saw Rogue One. Yep, I yeah. sure did. Um, so we're we're kind of having a discussion uh, off uh, before recording about uh, to turn this into uh, into a like an actual episode of I have some notes. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it. I mean, I think I think it could deserve uh, 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 some nips and tucks. I don't know if it's I don't see it, see it as being a necessarily a bad movie. Yeah. So no, it's not a it's not a bad movie. It's just not. A particularly, I hesitate to use the word good because the, if I don't say it's good, then it sounds like I'm saying it's bad. But you like, think, you hate Star Wars, Greg. <laughs> you hate everything about Star Wars. Well, I would say at this point I probably only like about 50% of Star Wars. I think that's I think fair that's to say. Fair, right? I, think, I think that's fair. <laughs> so, like, Rogue One uh, suffers, I think, pretty mightily from um, um, referenceitis. Right, yeah. you know where you know we've got to we've got to find a way of ram jamming, you know things that people know will and, recognize and like yeah. and recognize. Yeah. yeah. So all the stuff with Darth Vader, I found irritating. Yeah. Um, the 
the, the some of the like you know the the regeneration of uh, Peter Cushing's character. I mean, that character doesn't even really need to be in the film at all. And That's be, true. You know, it, it's sort of it's it, by by adding some of these references, they actually start to the lose focus because there is a central villain mm-hmm. in that movie and that's the white coated guy or I don't remember his name yeah <laughs> I don't remember anybody's name from that movie actually except Johnny, like Johnny K2 white K2SO and Jin yeah um, but they're but you know he's the central villain but it sort of gets bogged down by like okay now we're in, in we're in uh, Mustafar with uh uh, Darth Vader. Well, why are we here? Like, yeah. what does this have relevant to? I mean, aside from the fact that, like, we want to, you know, connect it directly uh, to okay. yeah, I can uh, see New what you're Hope. Saying. You know, okay. Uh, and I, I found the, uh, the, I, I found that I, I felt like the C three PO and R two D two cameo actually created a plot hole. <laughs> yeah. Because when they show up, they they they're just sitting in the shipyard or the the base, and they're like, "Where's everybody going?" But they're supposed to be on that ship at the end of the film. That's true, so, right? So, did someone just pick them up? Did they were like, "Oh shit, we forgot our droids." Oh, we forgot so the droids. Grab them. Go go <laughs> turn around. Go back. <laughs> okay. Well, how about this? I think uh, I think we should turn this into we should turn this into an episode. Uh, maybe in the next, maybe in the next, maybe at least two that we we plan. Sure. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, because yeah, I think I think we could have some fun at this one. So, uh, this to for you the listener, we'll be doing Rogue One. Um, and you let us know what you think. I guess we might have to wait until this is out on video for us to be able yes. to. I don't know when that is. <laughs> so, imagine probably episode pending. I guess. Yeah, episode pending. Mm-hmm. We'll 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 put that put that in the uh, in the hopper as it were. What else you got? Um, I wanted to mention, did you watch the, the Logan trailer? The brand new one with, what's the kid's name? X-23? X- oh, yeah, yeah, I did, actually. I, I, I watched it very low, like, with the, with the sound low. But, yeah. uh, I did see it, yeah. I, we had a conversation, bef- we went out for breakfast before the show, and, and we were talking about, uh, our fatigue with superhero movies. Yeah. So I find it kind of ir- ir- ironic I wanted to talk about this, because <laughs> I really, I like this trailer a lot. Okay. Uh, I like... You know, it's it, it takes you know um, a character that we know quite well from several movies, uh, and always been in sort of the context of like a PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually pretty excited to see what that character looks like in, in an R rated context. And and you know, I think um, Wolverine is kind of ripe for R rate R rated because yeah, of I would the type so. of character he is, and you know, his power. <laughs> Which yeah, I think is pretty. You know, he's uh, he's he's quite vicious and and whatever. And then, yeah, yeah did, could only benefit. Did him. you ever play? Now I think when uh, when the Wolverine came out, it was either Wolverine or X Men Origins Wolverine. But they actually uh, came out with a Wolverine video game. Mm-hmm. I think it was based on X Men Origins. And I I remember playing it for. I think I downloaded the demo or something when I was still doing PlayStation Three. And it, the video game was actually very violent. And it actually kind of shocked me because I was because I'm used to Wolverine, you know, using his claws and he's cutting people, but you don't really see anything. No, it's yeah, just slice, right. slice, slice. Yeah. And then uh, as I was thinking about, like, well, no, this kind of makes sense. Like, if you're slashing people with giant razor blades in your hands, that's right. Yeah. It's going to be kind of gruesome. So yeah. So I, I so I, I can see your point of seeing. Okay, this is kind of maybe the universe in which a Wolverine should exist. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm curious about it, and I'm and I'm happy to see like. 
I think it, I think this will be interesting because now because it seems like they're basing a lot of these, in the, especially in the X Men universe, about yeah. specific comic book storylines. They're yeah. kind of doing with the Marvel movies as well. Yeah, but to kind of. I, I, what I kind of like what they're doing is that they're not really connecting it to anything and just saying, okay, we're just going to... Now it's Wolverine in the future. Yeah. It's just him and Professor X. Yeah. And uh, quote-unquote Wolverine's daughter. Is that what it's supposed to be? Your clone? Or I'm not I'm not sure exactly. I don't know that much about the character. Yeah. So. I kind of wish they were a little bit more creative with the, the titles of these movies. Like, there's been oh, three, just there's like three Wolverine, Wolverine movies. The first one's called Wolverine X-Men Origins. This yeah. is X-Men Origins. The next one's called The, the Wolverine, Wolverine. And this yeah. one's called Logan. Can we have something other than just his fucking name? Yeah. <laughs> it would be nice. Just what like, What happened to just calling, like, the 80s where everything had a sequel? It's like Wolverine 2. Yeah. Why can't this be Wolverine 4? Yeah. What's wrong with that? I guess maybe because they, they don't want to acknowledge uh, Wolverine X-Men Origins. Why can't we have Star Trek 14? I mean... Yeah. Yeah. They used to... There was... There was how many Police Academy movies? Like... They, the Star 45? Trek Star Trek had a nice one, uh, numbered scheme going on up until, until generation. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm I'm curious to see. Like at this point with superhero movies, I'm just I'm just waiting to see what the buzz is, and if it's really good, then I'll go to see the theater. But if it's yes. not, I'm like me. I feel the exact same way. I, I I'm not willing to invest my time unless it's for a podcast in in these movies when. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of the time they're pretty average. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely, I don't know, maybe I'm just getting older and stuff like that and just it's starting to get crotchety. I'm, I'm a very crotchety yeah. person as <laughs> in general, but I don't know. I just, I, you know, I just, I, I just want to, I just want to see something different and interesting. And, you know, most of these uh, superhero movies uh, feel the same. Yeah, they all they look the same. They feel the same. They all in this 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 could be a topic even just for an episode of the of the yeah. side note itself. But I think it's yeah, like they're all they've all got these kind of leathery armory outfits. They're all muted colors. Yeah. They're always fighting a laser beam flying into the sky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you know, there's always some army dudes. Some, somehow, still army dudes running around with yeah. guns. Yeah, it's so always it's, the stakes. Always have to be at a ten. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of the reason why I'm looking forward to Logan, and I think it might be good, is because it looks like the focus is very narrow. Yeah, you know, this is not this is not a save the world movie. This is about the story about Logan and X-23's daughter, right? I yeah, or that's something. what I don't I don't really know. Yeah. Or clone, I don't know. Something, yeah. <laughs> probably who knows in the comic book world. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, it'll be interesting how it turns out. Uh, on my list, uh, I'm going to talk about. Um, uh, the Dirt Gently Holistic Detective Show. Uh, BBC, I think BBC produced Netflix, but it's now on Netflix. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people mention this on my uh, yeah. social media feeds, but I don't know nothing about it. It was, it was, it was very good, it was very different, so I, I'm trying to, I'm, how I describe it to you? So basically it's the premise of, uh, uh, this guy's name is Dirk Gently and he's Holistic Detective, and he basically operates on the premise of, um the universe will kind of unfold as it should and you just kind of have to follow it okay and things will happen so so like don't really so just kind of just it's kind of just do and things will happen and you will go where you need to be just okay. uh and then there's this whole kind of you know, there's there there's uh this this girl gets kidnapped and then there's all these words i can't i can't i can't really describe it in kind of like a two-sentence thing <laughs> um it was very well acted. It's got, I guess, the most uh, visible name on it is it's got Elijah Wood, right? Uh, is in it. Um, who actually? So 
uh, plays a, a pretty kind of, you know, kind of a loner, kind of a just kind of go nowhere, do the, nothing. Shimon gets kind of enveloped in this whole thing. Uh, it was it was very well acted, very well written. Got, for me, got kind of a little weird and loopy towards the end. Um, it was more violent than I was expecting. And uh, we talked about superhero fatigue. I'm getting violence fatigue. Okay. Because That's, it seems to be every time I turn fair. on a show... Like I, I, every time I turn on a show, it seems to be uh, just just you know the same level of, of gratuitous violence of people getting shot in the head and all this other stuff, and just there seems yeah. to be just a lot of it everywhere. But God forbid we have uh, nudity in any movie. I know, right? Just like <laughs> yeah, again, another topic for another podcast. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I would uh, if you're looking for something just a kind of I guess kind of if you if you like Stranger Things, I would say. Stranger Things, but a little more grown up. Okay. Then I think you'll probably like Dirk Gently. Cause okay. Because it's, it's in that same sort of weird what's happening, and the deeper you get into it, the clearer it becomes, but at the same time more confusing. It right. So, yeah. Uh, I was also wanted to mention another trailer. It's called Colossal H. I think everybody should sort of check out. This, uh, this might be a good one. It's a movie in which Anne Hathaway... Uh, is a, um, well, she is basically watching a, an attack on, uh, uh, on a city, uh, from a kaiju-type monster. Okay. Like a Godzilla-type monster. Uh, and, uh, she slowly starts to discover that she's unwittingly controlling this monster. And I, it was just, it's just sort of like, it looks like it's going to be very charming, uh, and also has a very interesting uh, sci-fi concept, which I'm, I'm kind of excited about. So go check out that trailer. I think it, uh, I think it might be a good one. Oh, cool! If you if you are um, if you are tired of movies and you want to read a book, Greg, oh, but books. a book about Star Trek. <laughs> uh, there's a book actually. Uh, I'm actually I, I got it for Christmas. I was I heard about it the first time I heard about it. I'm like this is a this is a book I really want to read. Because uh, I've actually kind of developed this kind of like little, um, I guess, obsession or hobby with economics and mm-hmm. economics themed thing. So the book is called Treconomics. Yeah, and it's by uh, Manu Asadia, uh, and it's es- essentially it is the uh, it is the economics of the Star Trek universe. Okay. Um, so basically, it's so uh, it talks about go press latinum a lot. Uh, a little bit, but it kind <laughs> of it kind of explores it kind of explores the economics of. And they delve more into he, he, he lays out the reasons for it, but kind of of the next generation universe, the twenty first century, about how um, you know about you know there's obviously there's they're like so why is it that you know that everyone everyone in the Star Trek universe seems to be very very busy mm-hmm. yet no one makes any money yeah uh, with replicators no one really needs you you don't need to make anything because yeah. replicators provide everything yeah uh, and just kind of how that works and he also even touches on like. Uh, he talks about um, you know the Frankie a little bit. He actually really lays out he, my two takeaways from the from the book were um, one I should I should really watch Deep Space Nine right because he actually references a lot and he actually mentions that it's actually like I would say that the, the if anything that Deep Space Nine would be where you could draw a lot more from how the uh, Star Trek universe works uh, yeah as compared to like uh, the the previous two shows yeah but yeah but but even talked about how uh, talked about how. What are some parallels from the 24th century universe of, of, of you know, obviously, you know, every there's there's no more war, there's no more 
there's no more you know war or poverty because everyone has access to everything. Yeah. So what are some of the parallels that we actually have here today? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, and he talked about some interesting like, and he used the example of GPS. Oh yeah. Uh, and he talked about how the prior there was you know was it once upon a time that GPS was slowly the, the was was you know was the the domain of the United States Navy and other yeah. navies, and about how now you know. Everyone here, if you're you know, everyone with us, every we have access to all these. We have access to these satellites. Yeah, we don't pay anything for it. It's actually just considered a public book, good. Yeah, and we get all these different things on. So really, we're kind of interesting. Uh, just just interesting book and just kind of you know using different examples. So right, uh, if you're a fan of Star Trek and you kind of want maybe to uh, kind of you know dive into that a little bit more, uh, it was yeah, I recommend it. So, cool, very recommend. It. Uh, any anything else on your list? Oh, I just wanted to mention that uh, I wrote uh, a uh, quick blog post on our uh, IHaveSomeNotes.com page about my uh, favorite year uh, movies of the year, or yeah. best and worst uh, movies of the year. I read this, uh, and I would highly recommend you go re- check this out. It was incredibly. I'm not just saying this, great, just because we're podcast partners. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, it's actually, and it was. I was. Very impressed. It was it was very well written. So go go oh, check that you. out. Uh, yeah, and like I'm I'm impressed. You actually had like I, I, after reading that, I was trying to think of like what my favorite movies were, and I'm like I don't even know what my favorite. Movies were. <laughs> it can be hard. Like the, I I started out when I started writing it, just looking at the release schedule from all mm-hmm. the movies from 2016, and I sort of like picked out like this, these are all the ones that I watched, and then I went through I went through each one and sort of gave them a score of out of 10 just okay. to give myself like a reference point of like you know a quick reference point of how I felt about all these movies and then I sort of kept whittling it down from there and yeah you know so yeah it was fun it was it was fun to write and it was it's uh, it's always fun to sort of like review uh, uh you know get a uh, your own perspective on the, on how you felt the year went and yeah and stuff I mean, yeah cool very cool yeah let uh, I would actually be interested to hear what uh, the listeners think yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you guys think what was your what was your favorite Movies of uh, 2016. Uh, maybe leave a don't comment say on. Suicide Squad. Yeah, well, you can, but we're just gonna go. Yeah, uh, yeah. Leave it on our on our Facebook page or Twitter or you know I have some notes that sort of stuff. The last thing I will mention uh, today. I know there's a couple of things I didn't get to, but the last thing I'll mention is watching a movie in black and white, Greg. So I read somewhere, I heard somewhere a long time a long time ago that you're what you should do if you really really love a movie you should watch it again but you should actually turn the color off and watch it in black and white right and you'll get a different experience and i was reminded of this because they are coming out with if they haven't done so already uh so mad max fury road they're coming out with something called the chrome edition which i guess and i could be mistaken just means it's just Mad Max Fury Road in black and white. Yeah. Why you need to go and purchase a separate disc in black and white, I don't know. Maybe I'm not that smart instead of just turning it down on your on your TV. But anyway, yeah. I actually went back went back and watched uh, The Dark Knight in black and white. And holy cow, it's actually a lot of fun. Because yeah. you actually, you notice things in black and white that you don't in a normal color movie. Like you, you really get a sense of the lighting and the atmosphere and all that other stuff. So right. it's a different experience. So I highly recommend... Uh, you know, pick you listener. Pick a movie you really love to watch, and just try watching it in black and white. Yeah. Give it a try and see, and you'll just to see if uh, if you maybe not so much like it better or like it more, but you'll certainly have a, a different experience watching it. I'm reminded of um, Have you ever seen The Mist? No. Uh, Stephen King uh, horror movie. 
about a group of people stuck in a, uh, a grocery store as oh, okay, I think some I know sort of like uh, basically like an interdimensional beings are attacking. Okay, uh, it's I love the movie. It's actually yeah. one of my favorite movies, believe it or not. And uh, it, but apparently, uh, from what I understand, this movie was originally meant to be shown uh, in theaters in black and white. Oh, uh, and I guess the. Maybe the studio balked at it, but they they it ended up being in color. But I guess like the, the like the special effects in the movie are okay, but they're but um, I, I, from what I understand, they might have been sort of optimized for uh, black and white, so they don't look as great in color. But it's a it, it, they did the same thing as uh, Mad Max did, where they released it yeah. in black and white. Uh, cool. So I'd definitely check that out as well. Cool, cool. Yeah, uh, I think that's all the time stuff we have for, yeah. for right now. Uh, please, uh, I guess, uh, uh, leave your comments on anything you heard or your favorite movies or your, your, your least favorite movies of 2016. Uh, I have some notes on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. The next podcast we'll be doing is Suicide Squad with uh, some special guests. And, uh, oh boy, that's going to be a, be a kicker. Yeah. So we'll see how well that goes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, keep watching the sketch.